Hi, and welcome to the Yes Podcast. Here, we share a collection of real stories told by real people who have said, I am yes. I am young enough to serve. We hope these stories and the lessons in them encourage you and challenge you to get involved in kingdom work in your church, neighborhood, and life. Welcome to Yes. Hi, this is Judy Wick, and I have a really fun person that I'm excited for you to meet today for those of you that have not met her, and that is our really good friend, uh, Amy Hansen. And Wes and I had the privilege of meeting Amy, I can't believe it's been about eight years ago. Mm. Um, I know, but we met her at a a conference working uh, with leaders um, who work and serve with um, adults in their second half. And the outstanding thing that really caught our eye about Amy, our attention, was she was so young and is still so young. But uh, I'm going to have Amy tell her story on how at a young age she was called into this amazing ministry to work with adults in their second half. So, Amy Hansen, welcome to our guest podcast today. Thank you. It's good to be here and be with all of you. And tell our listeners, um, where are you? Where do you live? And Yeah, I live with my husband and three kids in Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is basically Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and I, I did get involved and start having this interest in older adult or second half ministry early on in my life. Um, even when I was in junior high, high school, I volunteered at what was then in our community, uh, a geriatric hospital, um, a lot, probably like a nursing home. And I was a candy striper. And so when I went through that candy striper training, all the other young teenagers wanted to deliver flowers to the new moms um but i was you know thinking i'd like to work with these older adults so once a week i would fill their water pitchers with ice and listen to their stories um and then went on to a christian college and kind of still had in the back of my mind you know wanting to do something in ministry and people my age 18 19 were naturally sort of geared towards or directed towards children's ministry or youth ministry um but i had this you know the back of my head like what about this whole older adult or back in the day 20 years ago senior adult quote unquote um ministry and so i started to just follow that uh follow that little bit of a flame that was starting to burn in my heart by looking for internships in the summertime where i could you know work at churches or in retirement communities um and as I, as I would do that, it would just get more confirmed, like, this is exciting. And mm-hmm. I went on and did my master's in gerontology and started serving at a church in Las Vegas as their, you know, 50-plus ministry director, and I was in my early 20s. Um, and I always, I laugh about the pastor who hired me, and, you know, he had to have hired me on potential, not really yet on track record. <laughs> Um, But it was a great place to begin to do ministry in this area because lots of people move to Las Vegas to retire, um, and they have a hole in their heart, you know, where they're looking for something, and they're maybe trying to fill it up through gambling or golf. Um, But really, we know that can only be filled up through a relationship with Jesus. And Mm. So as I started working with them, I think just that passion just kept growing and growing and um, went on and did more of my doctorate studies in this area and now just like to resource churches and older adults themselves 
to kind of make these years of their life the best years that they can. Um, and I do think it was a call. Sometimes people will say, did you have this great relationship with your grandparents? And it was fine. I had a fine relationship with them. But I think it was God's prompting that kind of directed mm. me in this way. Right. Oh, and it's so obvious, too, when um, if you ever ha have the chance to go and hear Amy Hansen, <laughs> you will not regret it because it's just so obvious, Amy, when you speak that um, you do have such a passion for the older, uh, the older generation. And I do believe that, oh, that pastor that hired you, he must, he must just be so blessed that he took you. <laughs> Under his wings at your young Took age. Took a chance. Uh, <laughs> so, as a professor, um, you I know have the opportunity to uh, impact a lot of young students, and I just wondered, like, when you're when you're um, teaching a class, do you see a light go on with students regarding the opportunities um, and challenges in working uh, with the older population, like? I'm sure there are sometimes students that take your class because they need to take the class for credit, but once they know you and hear your passion, is that like a, a light that just goes on with young people? Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, a lot of times young people, and older people too, but they bring um, their own stereotypes about aging mm -hmm. or older adults, and that especially happens in the classroom. You know, they they come into it thinking, you know, that it's going to be one thing, and they you know, they have the stereotypes that, oh, all older people are alike, or they all drive slowly, or they all go to bed early, or whatever, you know, whatever whatever they come into that um, classroom or that situation with. For some people, it's, you know, it's the experience they had with a, with a neighbor that was older or a grandparent, and sometimes those weren't necessarily positive interactions. So, so they bring that into the um, mix, and... Uh, you know, that's probably one of the places that I feel like the light bulb goes off is, you know, when they have to do usually an interview that I have them do with older adults. Mm -hmm. They they find out these things that breaks those stereotypes right. because you know anytime they form real relationships, anytime we form real relationships, it changes what we thought about right. something. And I also think when they get to know me a little bit. <laughs> Um, they find out, wow, you know, she's really excited about this. Maybe this would be an exciting area. Probably probably where I get the most um, satisfaction when I'm teaching is um, where people see, when, when young people see this can apply to my future regardless of what I do in my profession. Like, you know, people that are going to go into children's ministry, they see how much, older adults will have an impact right. on the success of their children's ministry, that this can be some of their best volunteers. And, you know, they begin to get excited about that. Um, or, you know, guys that are going to be pastors in churches have a new paradigm. They, you know, it shifts, and they begin to think, oh, you know, I thought the old people were just going to be the thorn in my side, mm -hmm. but really they can be my greatest allies. Mm -hmm. um, and once in a while there will be a student or two that will think, hey, I, you know, I really focus on this area. Um, probably not as many as I want to have that happen with yet, but, um, but, but so, probably, yeah, my guess is more than you probably realize. <laughs> I, I really, Hopefully. I, I really believe that, and I, I think that's so true what you said, that the working uh, with adults in their second half, 
when Wes and I have had a chance to work with younger people and, and share our passion with this, it's like this may not be a field that they necessarily want to commit the rest of their lives to. We understand that. But we believe that some of our teaching and our training is going to, um, we trust, help them be more effective in whatever line of work or ministry that they do always going to uh, intersect with the older population, you know, so it's like the, the more that we can have a better understanding and more relationship, we feel like that's a win-win, and mm -hmm. that's obviously what you're out there doing. So if you had um, a succinct message that you could give to every Christian who is approaching uh, retirement age, um, what would that message be, Amy? It's funny, I, I used to I used to say, you know, kind of stomp my foot and say, retirement is never mentioned in the Bible, and so we shouldn't, you know, retire, keep staying out there serving, and there, definitely there's truth to that. We need to continue serving, um, but I was, as often we are, um, humbled because retirement is mentioned in one place in Scripture, in Numbers chapter 8. Mm -hmm where it's talking about the um, the Levites right. and, you know, the instructions given to them that, you know, they're, they're working in the tent of meeting or the tabernacle, but at the age of 50, they can retire from their regular service. But then it goes on to say um, they may assist their brothers in performing their duties, but they themselves must not do the work. And some other, that's the NIV, but some versions will say, you know, come alongside their um, brothers. And... You know, to deviate a little, there there's some uh, studies happening right now in, in science that are looking at leaf cutter ants, the little little bugs, and what they're finding is these ants have those sharp mandible blades that cut the leaves, and eventually those sharp razor-like blades dull. And when that happens, what they're what they're finding is those particular ants that had been cutting the leaves and now the blades in their Draw dull. Those ants are moved to a different role in the colony. Usually, they start carrying the ants. I mean, I think it's kind of like one of those jaw-dropping things. Like, oh my goodness, if God cares about the lilies of the field and the ants, how does He not that much more care about us? And I think it's so true of retirement. Our our role or our task or maybe the place we've been serving or the things we've been doing in ministry or even our paid job is changing, is going to change. Um, but it's it, it, it's changing, and now we maybe have a different role, a different task, a different opportunity. Perhaps our best one has been saved for this season in our life. And that, that's kind of the biggest message I want older Christians, those in the second half, to kind of grasp is, hey, these these could possibly be my most impactful years. I recently read Corey Ten Boom's uh, book, you know, The Hiding Place, right. some of your listeners, I'm sure. And one of the things that struck me is, you know, she was in her 50s when she was hiding those Jews in her home, and in her 50s when she was in that concentration camp, and, you know, in prison. And then when she began doing, you know, ministry after she got out, you know, she was in her 50s and then her 60s and her 70s as she was traveling and speaking and writing and, you know, opening up kind of this rehabilitation place for people. And, 
you know, that, that is counterculture to what we think. Right. We think people are supposed to kind of, you know, you did all your big stuff when you were in your 20s and 30s and maybe your 40s, but now you're on this downward slide. But, you know, what if that wasn't really true? Mm. What, if, what if our biggest stuff or our greatest ministry, or certainly just as important, was going to happen in the second half? And what if we dreamed to that end? Um, I, you know, I think that would be so exciting. Oh, I and so love much, that. You know, I love yeah, that. And just, just of the roles shifting um, or, you know, taking on just um, a, a, a different even venue, but that there's still something that those ants can do. And then God knows that there's something that us humans can do as we age more that we can still do for the kingdom. So I love that insight. That's yeah. a great, great story. And by the way, on Amy's, uh, when she mentioned um, uh having read The Hiding Place, if you will go to her blog, and we'll give you more information on that at the at the end of this podcast, but she just wrote something so beautiful on Corey Tim Boom that I think those of you especially that are working with um, adults in their second half, it would be something that I think you could use in your classroom. It's very, very good. Amy, you're such a good writer and speaker. Oh, thanks. So speaking of which, as a good speaker, if you had a chance now to address every pastor in America. They were all in one huge stadium. What would your message be to pastors regarding um, regarding the role of, of uh, adults in their second half? Mm. That's a lot of pressure if they were all in one stadium. <laughs> um, you know, succinctly, I would want them to not ignore this, you know, uh, what what we could perceive as a burden or a challenge that maybe even the world is telling us is a challenge. You know, we've got all these people now that are living into the second half of life, and is that going to affect our finances or our economy or blah, blah. You know, we as Christ followers and you as leaders in churches, um, you know, we have the chance to see this as an opportunity. And I, I really believe that it's not by accident that at this time in history, you know, we have um, so many people living so much longer, and especially, you know, the baby boomer generation that's coming up, that, you know, God isn't, God isn't surprised by this. You know, He knew right. it was going to happen at this time in history, and... Um, it's it's an opportunity he's giving us, and I don't I don't want us as leaders. I'll put myself in that category, um, you know, to to miss this, to miss the chance to come alongside those people and call them into like a a deeper relationship with God, call them into a, a place of serving. Um, you know, I think I also want would want pastors to know that perhaps how you've viewed older adults or ministry with those in the second half in the past uh, really is much different today. Because um, mm-hmm. senior adult ministry 30 years ago really was founded on this idea of providing fellowship opportunities, social opportunities, mm-hmm. which was good. I mean, we, we all need a place for that. Right. Um, but, but the pendulum swung pretty far that way. And, and so sometimes in our churches we'll think, well, that's what they need. They need a little potluck or whatever. Um, but, you know, really there's, there's a lot more going on in their hearts, older adults' hearts, their lives. Um, 
you know, the relationships they're dealing with with their adult children or their grandchildren or even in their marriages. And, you know, to be able to come alongside them, to mm-hmm. disciple them, to call them to serve, um, you know, that that's who we are as pastors and leaders, to shepherd them no matter what their age is. And right. you know, it can be good for your church. It's not, it doesn't have to be a burden. It can be really a great a great thing and a healthy thing to to engage these folks. Oh, I love that, Amy. And, you know, that reminds me that um, sometimes, Wes and I have seen, like, uh, churches that they have um, a- adults that are either just coming into retirement or they've been retired for some time, and these are, like, some Christians that are doing amazing things for the kingdom of God, whether it's in their community, some of them, you know, are going on short-term missions trips or whatever, but sometimes when you go to their church website, they might advertise that older group as groups uh, with names like, you know, the Silver Saints or whatever, and that they're meeting Mm -hmm. at such and such a cafe, and it's like, Again, while I know those are important times, but it's like it's not a drawing thing for the baby boomers. And if you were, you know, a baby boomer in a city looking for a church and you saw that that's what they were promoting, the Silver Saints meeting at such and such a cafe, it's like, wow, why don't we tell the stories of going to the Dominican Republic, you know, going to Costa Rica, you know, going to... help with, uh, you know, combating human trafficking. It's like there are saints that are doing all of these great works, and sometimes we as leaders are not telling these stories enough. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I I wanted to become kind of the new normal in churches that, um, you know, that we highlight maybe just 45 seconds in a service or in the newsletter or on the website, like you say, that, you know, this is what we do in retirement around here. You know, we, we serve at the, at the soup kitchen. We go on this mission trip. We, we at McDonald's, you know, meet with these young 20 year olds every week. You know, this is what we do. This is what's normal. Uh, And that, that, you know, that becomes kind of part of the DNA of our churches and our mindset. Yep. I love you saying, too, just, you know, to highlight this. I have uh, four brothers that are pastors, and so, um, you know, they get my once in a while, <laughs> probably more than like big sister, uh, this is what I'd do if I were lead pastor, talk. But anyway, look for those people that have those mm-hmm. stories because, wow, they are out there. And also I think that when a younger person hears that story, we used to call them testimonies, but whatever, when they hear wow, that person is, you know, going to that soup kitchen or, you know, going on that short-term missions trip. It connects them better in the foyer afterwards. They want to go up. They want to hear more of that story. And I think those are how relationships, one way that they can get started in, in being built. So, oh, I love that you mentioned that. Okay, so, um, Amy, what's the main thing that fuels your passion for serving baby boomers and beyond when you're so young? (laughs) Oh, you know, I I think more and more it's, it's a, it's a vision of what could be, you know, Mm. what, what if, you know, what, what if older adults were coming to Christ and growing in their devotion towards him? What, what if young and old were serving alongside one another and telling their stories to each other, um, I've, 
you know, I've told, I think of a story, I've told it before, some of, some of your listeners maybe have heard it, but it's, it's so descriptive, I feel like I was at a church, and I was an older gentleman, or someone in the second half of life, and he was serving in a lot of meaningful ways, and I asked him, how did you get involved like this? And he said, I used to sing this song with my granddaughter, and it went like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all good girls go to heaven. When they get there, they will say, we love Jesus every day. So he would sing this song with her, and he, he told me one day I was in the other room, and I heard her singing, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all good grandpas go to heaven. When they get there, they will say, golf, golf, golf every day. <laughs> and... You know, it was kind of funny, funny little story, but he was very serious, mm. and he looked me in the eyes, and he said to me, you know, I saw in that moment the kind of legacy I was leaving, and it wasn't the legacy I wanted to leave. So he said, I started making adjustments to how I spent my time, and my grandsons, they play tennis, so I pick them up from school a few days a week, and we hit tennis balls, and I talk to them on the way there and on the way home, and I started doing more stuff with my young granddaughter and that got me involved in church and then serving with her and doing things out in the community and you know his story really kind of typifies I would say you know stories like that you are my passion because you know I want people I want myself I want to I want to finish well I want to leave a a faith legacy something that's going to make an impact for eternity and and that's that's what gets me excited, you know, to do what I can to help older adults and churches kind of grab a hold of that and and you know help people to leave that legacy, help people to tell those stories. Um, you know, I mentioned Corey Tinboom, and that's one of the other things that struck me. You know, her her book there is is really her faith story. She mm. talks about her struggle with. Mm. Suffering. She talks about, you know, the challenge of forgiving, you know, those guards, and that's her, you know, that's a, that's her story, and it's a legacy that helped me in my faith. And how many thousands of stories like that are in our churches or our families, but they don't really ever get told, right. or we don't give people the opportunity to tell them. Um, and I, you know, I just think that's so valuable, so important. Absolutely. Well, Amy, we are just um, thrilled to to have, again, I know I keep saying young. I think once I hit the over 60 mark, it's like, wow, you just really, you really notice people that are um, just under 50 that are so incredibly passionate about, uh, about Jesus and connecting the generations. And you are definitely a champion in this field. We just love you and appreciate you. And we want to encourage um, anyone that's listening to please go to um, Amy's website. It's amyhanson.org. That's A-M-Y-H-A-N-S-O-N.org. You'll love reading uh, Amy's blogs. And she um, has a book, uh, The Baby Boomers and Beyond, that's an incredible um uh, just an incredible guidebook of tapping into uh, the ministry and passions of adults over over 50. And so that's Baby Boomers and Beyond. And then you can also order a discussion guide that is just uh, fantastic for um, guided conversation with either friends, a small group, or um, 
some kind of a uh, Christian ed setting, I think that you would really, really like that. So, Amy, in closing, do you have just, um, just let's hear your uh, final thoughts, and then I'm going to invite you just to say a, a, a prayer, if you would, please, uh, for our listeners. Sure. Um you know, I would just kind of encourage everybody. This is this is a, a a time in our in our culture right now where we have a whole whole ton, a whole bunch of people with with time, with resources, with experience. Um, when when you add that up, you know, kind of that equation: time plus experience plus resources. That that equals the potential for significant kingdom impact. And I think it's important that we recognize it can be very significant. You know, it's uh, we don't have to just kind of pigeonhole ourselves and say, well, once we're in half of life, there's a short little list of jobs we can do. You know, we can fold the bulletins or make coffee, or which are all valuable. We need to do that. We all need to pitch in and do that. Um, but but really, there's a whole. I mean, there's a whole landscape available and. Um, you know, I, I just want people to be encouraged to take advantage of that, to Absolutely. do that, to utilize these years. So, so let's pray to that end thank you. right now. Father, we thank you for um, this day and for your presence here, even, even through our voices and wherever people might be as they listen to this, um, that you are in our midst. And I thank you that you... Care about people, no matter what our age is, and that you have a purpose and a plan for our lives. That you uniquely um, are involved in our lives, and you're you're um, a part of all the details, um, down to the ants that have a job and a role to play. And um, I pray right now for any of those listening that are um, in the second half of life that you would just light a fire in them that would inspire them and challenge encourage them to utilize all their gifts and resources and talents for um, for serving that will make an impact that will last for eternity beyond you know what we could just do right here but what we do will have an eternal impact and um, and i pray for leaders that uh, you would encourage them maybe some of them some of them are discouraged right now that you would uh, encourage them and challenge them and equip them and put on their heart even a few people in their congregations that they can um, kind of cast this vision to and that you will continue to raise up people to lead out in this area of second half ministry and that as a result generations will be connected and faith stories will be shared and lives will be changed and it will all be for your glory. Um, we're so thankful for your son Jesus he sent to this earth for us he lived among us died for us and we want to just um, live our lives for him and we pray all this in his name amen amen thank you so much Amy we love and appreciate you tons oh you're welcome thank you thank you for listening to the yes podcast if you are interested in getting involved with YES or would simply like more information about this ministry, we welcome you to visit our website at yes2serve.org.